let's get one thing straight right now. I have beaten you. I have beaten you. And as soon as I get in the ring with you, I'm taking that back and I'll beat you too. Step back, Tessa, step back. I got an idea. The idea I have is that all of you should take a shot at each other to get a shot at that championship belt. You know, and we all have our 15 minutes of fame, and I'd like to take a couple of my 15 minutes to talk about the rights and the wrongs in the world of professional wrestling. is for the ECW World Heavyweight Championship! Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. This is your host, Mr. Green, and you are listening to the rights and wrongs of pro wrestling. And what can I say? What can I tell you? WoW has finally turned itself around, has returned to, well, I guess we can't call it the airways, to the streaming services. For those of you that did not know, uh, we well, first off, let me just say that we actually broke the news ahead of WoW. If you can believe that. The Friday that they went out on their Facebook, like, we got big news breaking tomorrow. We was already breaking the news because I got the press release 24 hours ahead of that from uh, CBS Viacom. With, I guess why I was trying to hold out. But uh, uh, the fact that their unreleased episodes are now available for you to watch on uh, CBS. Uh, no, not CBS. Sorry. On the CBS owned is what I was trying to get to CW app. It is no longer the CW app and the CWC. They finally combined the two together. I don't know why they had two different apps to begin with, but uh, if you are looking to see those episodes that never quite made air, it is there. Also, it is available on Pluto TV. Now, with Pluto, is a little bit different. Going to have to navigate a bit more to uh, get to uh, the shows. As as of this recording, they do not have a WOW channel like a lot of people who are familiar with Pluto are used to. The WOW content is on their on-demand section. So you have to go into uh, right there at the top where it's got live TV and on-demand. you got to click on-demand. And then you have to navigate through that and find it. So that's uh, that's a whole different thing. But you know what? I'm going to get into WoW uh, in just a second because I looked at the first episode. I looked at the, uh, 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 what is it, episode 21. That That, that is where you're going to start if you're looking at new stuff. So I looked at episode 21. I want to go through that, and I'm going to continue to do that with the remainder of these uh, podcasts. I'm going to go episode by episode, much like I did, oh, gosh, two years ago. And uh, we're going to talk about what, what the good, the bad, and the ugly, and all that good stuff. So, But before we do that, let's talk about some wrestling that's going on outside of the, the world of WoW. 
Uh, one of the major things that's been going on, of course, uh, we know that Ring of Honor, as it is right now, or as we knew it, has shut down. Uh, it is on hiatus until April. But in the interim of that, several of their uh, roster and participants and champions have shown up other places, the least of which have been, uh, we've gotten, Jay, well, I guess Jay Little's been released from his contract, so I can't really say he's a Ring of Honor face, but he's shown up at, at AEW. We've got the Briscoes that have uh, gone to uh, Game Changer Wrestling, GCW, um, or at least participating in. Uh, of course, they're on the, the independents as well. But the thing that I brought up uh, all of that for is that Roxy, the women's champion for Ring of Honor, was on Impact Wrestling. And she has, well, I guess she's no longer the Ring of Honor women's champion. She has dropped that title to Deanna Perrazzo. Who, by all accounts at this point, I guess you would have to say is somewhat of an MVP for Impact Wrestling's knockouts division or women's division, however you want to term that. She has carried the championship for a lengthy period of time. It is not uncommon for Impact champions to venture out outside of Impact to defend the titles, but she certainly has done it in a more covered uh, venue. She's uh, she's done some independence and that, that's got coverage by a couple of different places. And uh, of course, you know, she's the Reina de Reyes champion from AAA. And, you know, she lost the the knockouts championship to Mickey James, but she's got another championship. So uh, she is really kind of carrying herself well. And I, I have to say, I'm a bit surprised. One thing I am also surprised about, and I know some people have been carrying on like this has been, you know, oh, the, the WWE's opened up a borders, the Knockouts Women's Champion. Well, they started calling the Impact Knockouts World Champion now. Uh, Mickey James will participate in the Women's Royal Rumble, which will be interesting. And I know there have been some fans out there who have uh, just – Ah, the, the, the you know the old forbidden door. You know that. I tell you, Tony Khan coining that phrase. You know, we're all gonna live to regret because everybody's gonna be forbidden door this and forbidden door that. But anyway, uh, she is going to the Women's Royal Rumble, and she will participate as the acting Knockouts Women's Champion or a contracted player for Impact Wrestling. Now. From what I understand, this is more a connection between Mickey James and the WWE rather than Impact to WWE. So I would be more impressed if a few things happen when she shows up. One, we know Mickey James is not going to win that Royal Rumble. Let's just go ahead and call that. I, I am pretty sure, no matter how close she may get. She's probably very unlikely to walk out the winner and go to WrestleMania. So let's just bump that off to the table. But they acknowledge her as being the Impact Women's Champion or Knockouts Champion on SmackDown already. So if they do that again at the Rumble, that would be one thing. If she gets to show up with the belt, that would be another. 
And I'll also be impressed if, you know, and I'll concede to the forbidden door thing if she gets to show up on their TV as the Impact Women's Champion and not to be made a fool of. If they do that, then that might be, you know, worth saying, hey, you know, maybe they are opening their doors. But up until that point, it is just the WWE ran short on women and they needed to fill the spots. I mean, they let go 80 of 80 people on their roster over the course of the last year. <laughs> so the fact that they are running short on legitimate talent to put in that Royal Rumble and make it look good. I mean, because they can stick anybody they want to in it. But to, but to make it look good, they have to get the top talent that they've got. And they cut so many people. I mean, Mickey James. Mickey James was one of those cuts. And here she is, right back in the Rumble. So, you know, that, that should tell you something right there. They, they need bodies to fill it out. And even out of the people that they've put into it, they need, uh, as, as I'm recording right now, nine more people have to be introduced into this. The names they have so far, Rhea Ripley, Bianca Belair, Liv Morgan, and Belair is probably a uh, odds-on favorite to win, by the way. Liv is going to be, it should be close. Uh, Nikki Ash, which that's hit a ceiling, too. They need to just go ahead and kick that gimmick to the curb. Natalia, Shotzi, Aaliyah, Shayna Baszler, Naomi, we know Naomi's not winning. She's got her thing with uh, DeVille. And, you know, they they pretty much already slotted Naomi as the Kofi Kingston of the Women's Rumble. Get out there. Do something interesting to save yourself and move on. You know, yeah, that that's what her job has become now. Uh, Tamina, Lita, which I'm sure they'll, they'll give her a little shine in there, but I doubt she's winning it. If she did, it would be fascinating to see. Uh, Kelly Kelly, Michelle McCool, that's another one that would be fascinating to see if she won. I mean, uh, I would, a Michelle McCool versus Charlotte Flair match would be like fighting a mirror, in my opinion. Summer Rae, the Bella Twins, again, digging into the, the crates to find somebody to fill out the, the uh, slot. We already talked about Mickey James, the uh, women's tag team champions, Queen Zelina and Carmella. Selena and Carmella probably are not going to get anywhere close to winning that. Selena's already gotten what she needed out of they, They've already given her a bone. They gave her a job back, and they gave her the crown to, to pacify her. I think that's pretty much all that's going to do. The 24-7 champion, Dana Brooke, and uh, the SmackDown Women's Champion, Charlotte Flair, which is going to be the story of the, of the Rumble. Can Charlotte Flair do it? Can she walk in as the champion win the Rumble and pick her own opponent. Which is pretty much the same type of thing that we got when Brock Lesnar entered himself and entered himself at number one. Like, I'm just going to take on everybody. I'm going to win this entire Rumble, which he didn't. But, you know, it, that was the story. Because he was, he's the beast. He's the beast incarnate. And he was whooping everybody up until Drew McIntyre got out and kicked him out of the ring. So that'll be the story. And again, like I said, there's nine more people that to be determined. The inspiration, formerly the Iconics, were reportedly offered spots in the Royal Rumble coming up as well. 
But as the report reads, they declined. Now, I don't know how uh, true that is. This, this comes from Fightful Select. And they are the current reigning uh, Knockouts Tag Team Champions. But uh, they, And they were released. You know, this, that's another case of somebody who was in the company and they let them go for whatever reasons. You know, they, they, they've classified everybody's releases budget cuts. But they certainly need somebody in there now. They got to get them back in here so we, so we can fill up these spots and make it look good. But uh, as far as Fightful has uh, reported, they've learned that they were offered spots in the Rumble, but they turned it down because they did not feel it was the right time for them to make a WWE return in any capacity. And uh, reportedly are happy with their current path. So, although reached out to, Apparently, they will not be making the return to WWE land. So maybe they can reach out to some of those other ladies that they let go for, you know, a variety of reasons. You know, Mia Yim or Nia Jax. I was going to say Tony Storm, but they didn't let her go. She quit, which is fascinating. You know, I, I have to say I love that. If anybody is able to just get one over on on the uh, WWE like that, I I love it. Not that I have an issue with the WWE, mind you. It's just that you know they they're able to hire and fire as much and callously as they please. So you know why not have one of their talents be able to say you know what I don't want to do this no more and just leave. Now that might work against her, and and I don't know if that's something the that WWE would want, would want to even fight against because they've always classified everybody that they got as independent contractors, but the independent contractors that they have to do what we tell them to do when we tell them to do it and how we tell them to do it. So that, so that kind of defeats the purpose. And I'm not sure if they want to go into a courtroom trying to fight that fight about what this contract means and, you know, whether I'm an independent contractor or not, they may just let Tony Storm do what she's going to do. And for that matter, off topic a little bit. I know uh, Mustafa Ali just asked for his release. He probably should have just did what she did. Just say, you know what, ain't coming. I quit. And the only thing that's going to stop them, you know, you'd be in breach and you probably won't get the money that they would have continued to pay you until they, uh, you know, until your contract rolls out. But uh, nope. I guess she, she just decided to up and dip on out of there. So I doubt that we're going to see Tony Storm in the rumble. If she does pop up, that would be amazing. That would be surprising. But time will tell. Uh, getting back to WOW. I guess we have to talk about WOW and their programming and all that good stuff. As it is right now, there are 11 unaired episodes. So these are the people that who didn't, you know, for you out there who are not all that familiar with what WoW was doing and how they did it, but, you know, you were, you're kind of familiar with it. Uh, the beginning of 2020, they shot clearly a bunch of episodes. A bunch of episodes that they never got the chance to air. They never got a chance to air them for one of two reasons one the pandemic did kick into full gear at that point and i mean that really wouldn't stop them from airing it it stopped them from producing more but uh 
that was one big issue. The second issue is that uh, Access TV was acquired. was acquired by Anthem Entertainment, and Anthem owns Impact Wrestling. And at that point, uh, they didn't want anything else on their network that was not working with Impact Wrestling. And as it was, uh, WoW got cut. They got canceled. Fast forward now, you know, what are we, two years down the line, and they have, you know, begun to pop back up. I mean, for all intents and purposes, WoW will not air until the fall of 2022, which, you know, right around the corner of of uh, 2023. So, I mean, they, they, they're going to be pushing from their last air date, which was in 2019, they're going to be pushing three years since people have watched them last with any new content, excluding right now, that is. Um, so if you are interested, as I said at the beginning, you can see their episodes, the unaired episodes on the CW app. Easy to find on there. A little less easy, but you can still find it on Pluto TV on the on-demand section. You just have to search for that. And is there? Be aware that some of those thumbnails may provide spoilers of some sort. I mean, I don't know how much you want to know. I mean, because this is all old content. This is all old content, and that's going to be the next thing that's going to be kind of thought about here. It's like how much of this content is outdated. I'm sure they've edited as much as they can to try to make it still present well, and it did, you know, for the show that I watched. But how much of this is going to be just out-of-date content? That That's what I'm kind of waiting to see, you know, how this will play in. Never mind the fact that Tessa Blanchard is still there because Tessa is, as far as they're concerned, the reward that she offers is worth the risk. And, and let's and you know, Wild is not a big enough fish. They're just not. If this was a bigger company, a larger company, a more notable company, Tessa probably wouldn't be there right now because they would not want to deal with the heat. As it is, they don't care. They don't care what Tessa is alleged to have done. I know emails have gone out. Uh, I'll say this from an unnamed source that uh, has basically said that they were told not to address it. Not to address anything as it relates to Tessa Blanchard. Just let that slide. So they clearly are aware of whatever it is, you know, that Tessa is accused of. It's just not as big of a deal for them to bother doing anything about it other than make a T-shirt because they did make a T-shirt from it. It's like Tessa Blanchard nuclear heat or something like that. So they know. They they know and they, they just do not care and they're <laughs> trying to make a dime off of it. So uh, that's a little bit suspect for me. I mean, I, I'm, a, I'm somewhat disappointed in that. But I also cannot expect anything less from WoW at this stage. And before I go into the full review of, uh, of WoW, I, I do want to clarify another thing that has been brought to my attention. I was engaging in conversation in one of the forums with somebody who's talking about WoW. 
And I think that there are some people who still have a little bit of the information that Wild has passed out publicly misconstrued. So I wanted to take a, t- uh, a moment here, just a little bit of time to try to clear that up. One, uh, some people have read it being you know, distributed by CBS, Viacom CBS and took that as, okay, Wild is now going to air on CBS. From everything that they said in the press release, they will not be airing on CBS proper. They will not be airing on the network CBS channel. What they will be doing until some other change takes place is they will be airing on CBS and Sinclair-owned stations. That is a little bit different than airing on the CBS network. This will be their own syndicated network, meaning, and I think from the reports, they're going to be, uh, what, 160 stations across the country. It's probably 70% of the market. So they will be on TV, and they are clearly, you know, connected directly with uh, Viacom and CBS. That is, that's the whole uh, business relationship that they have. But they they will be syndicating that program to a variety of stations across the country, uh, airing on the weekend starting in September 2022. That is the first thing. So for those who thought, oh yeah, it's gonna pop up on CBS and you'll be able to tune in like Thursday night at eight. Uh, no, I don't think that'll be the case. It's going to be more of a case of you probably need to Google it and find the time in your individual market if it is airing in your individual market. That's going to be the other thing. It's, they got a lot of ground and they're covering a lot of stations, but it's not going to cover every station. So you probably need to check and see. You, you Most likely you'll have it rather than not, but you're going to have to check and see when and where that's going to be popping up. Uh, the other thing that I wanted to address there was a little bit more of a, a personal statement that the, the guy I was talking to, and I won't say his name. If if you're watching this, I may put the uh, comment up on the on the screen. Um, but the response that I was given once I clarified, you know, what they were doing and that their syndications and whatnot is that. His, his answer to me was this, which is huge, and it'll put them right up there with WWE and AEW. Okay. This is a big deal for a while. Let's not mistake that. It is a big deal for a while. It is going to put them in a lot of homes. It is going to bring them back on television for like the fourth time out of hiatus. And they will be able to resume while pretty much like nothing happened. However, this will not put them on the same level or as he put it right up there with WWE and AEW. No, it won't. Uh, it, it is a big thing for them and it's going to give them a lot of coverage and they seemingly have a good partner with CBS, but they are not on the same level as WWE or AEW, until they start forking out contracts for these girls to be making up towards half a million dollars a year to be wrestling, no. Until they start running shows 
all year long rather than treating it like a TV show and running in seasons, no. Until they start doing pay-per-view or what the WWE calls now premium events, no. Until you know, until they line these girls up into contracts, where you working for them and them alone, no. I mean, there's there's any number of things that's probably going to separate them until until they have a syndication rights deal or licensing fee deal with uh, CBS or some other network where they're going to pay them millions of dollars easily to do what they're doing. No. Now, granted. Wow does not and does not have to release their financial statements. They do not need to disclose what kind of money they're making off of CBS. If any, I mean, I'm sure they are making it, but I, but they don't have to disclose that. But I would be hard pressed to believe that is anything close to what, uh, say, AEW is doing. They, I think they're what are they up to like a fifty million dollar deal or something like that. And they're on a major cable outlet. Both networks are on major cable outlets. Their coverage is unquestionable. You got AEW on the Turner Networks. They just moved to a TBS off of TNT. So and they get to go back to TNT for specials here and there. And this is the point. I was like, now nah, it doesn't even require you to have cable to be able to watch them. You can just pick it up off of antenna, which is again, you know, for them that's a big deal. And that, and that station goes everywhere. It is not syndicated. When they say it comes on at eight p.m. or nine p.m. on TBS, is nine p.m. by and large across the country, unless you're on the West Coast, and then you you know probably look at it at six. But you get the point. Same thing with WWE. USA Network, Fox, you can keep, pick this up off of Antenna or USA, you can get it off of cable. But they are on a major cable outlet. I'm not knocking WOW. WOW, you know, them getting this is a big deal for them. And it may be the thing that turns that company around. Uh, I certainly hope, I mean, they, they've made minor changes as the years have gone on. I hope they make some bigger changes. You know, maybe they need to just stop taking these breaks and hiatuses because it doesn't seem to work out for them. You know, it, it seems like it just lends them the opportunity to go into limbo like they just did. But no, uh, good for them, but not on the level of WWE and AEW. Those, those two companies are giants. They are far and away you know, the the biggest game in you know in the wrestling landscape. I'm not even sure if they would be on the same level as Impact. They'd, they'd probably be on par with them at this point, or maybe you know, they got a better deal than than uh the NWA does, that's for certain. You know, at least they have TV. The NWA is uh, on YouTube still. So, you know, that they're, they're far from being the worst deal of television out there, but I don't think they're the best. There's there's somewhere in the middle ground. Anyhow, so let's start here. For those that have uh, begun watching the show, you know, I hope that you will tune into this along with me and leave your opinions about the show, what you thought it was good, bad, what you what you like, what you didn't like. 
Uh, episode 21, of course, opens up with the same thing. They, they did a little uh, opening video package where they recapped everything. Now, judging from the video package, this is everything that I thought that they were probably looking to come back from their TV hiatus with, I mean, you know, when, when they were still on Access TV. Uh, that didn't happen, so, you know, here we are. Uh, it starts off with pumping up the wild universe. I mean, they don't call themselves that, but that's what I'm saying, you know, and they're welcome to wild, same thing that Dave McLean does all the time. And we got a... Uh, a starting the opening segment, we got a starting interview with David McClain. Uh, well, correction, he's starting off interviewing the beast, starting off interviewing the the champion. Uh, Tessa Blanchard is the first one that comes out. She interrupts, and, and you know, you know where this is going. Tessa Blanchard's that you know you got lucky, yada yada yada. You know, all that just give me another chance. I'll, I'll beat you for the title. Uh, so Pia Lopez comes out at Tessa's behest because she is supposed to be now her attorney. But when Sophia comes out, she says that she, you know, Tessa, you didn't read the fine print. You know, yes, she's uh, representing her, but she's also representing somebody else. And she brings out Serpentine. For those who don't know, Serpentine is Thunder Rosa, who is largely engaged with AEW right now. So I question what her future with Wild will be at this point. But that's a, a whole different issue. After that, the legend of Wild comes out, Jungle Girl. And they treated her as such. I have to give the uh, commentators credit. They, they kind of pumped up Jungle Girl, uh, as she should be. And her promo pumped her up. She, you know, the, the whole deal about, you know, I deserve a title shot. I've been with this company for 20 years. Now, granted, and she hasn't been with that company straight for 20 years, but every incarnation of WoW that has existed, she's been there. And so it makes sense. And that's why I've always said that they should give her the, that spot. She should have the Terry Funk spot that he had in ECW. She should be the legend of the promotion. And it seems like she's kind of in that slot. Um. The Beast, more or less, you know, we, we move this ahead. The Beast clears the ring, puts out uh, Tessa Blanchard, double spears uh, Serpentine and, and Jungle Girl, and then McLean makes the match. He makes the match after, of course, all three of them are pleading their well, I wouldn't say pleading their case, arguing their case. But McLean makes the match. It's a triple threat match in the main event for the number one contendership to the Wild Championship, which, of course, they refer to as the Wild World title. The second segment, segment two, Princess Ozzy and Voodoo, the Siren, the Voodoo Queen, or whatever, Nina Monet is what I know her as, but we'll, we'll call her Siren. Siren is giving her a talking, and all of this vignette shows Princess Ozzy is continuing to be controlled. This is one of those moments where it's like, all right, I haven't seen this show in two years. So I think that, that this, that's what's going on. It's been so long since I uh, caught what caused this and what led into it and all that stuff like that. So it's a little difficult, but I, I do remember that 
Ozzy had an issue to some degree with uh, 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 the Siren and Holiday and that she was being kind of roped into their their web, so to speak. So it, it still tells the same story that she's being controlled. The next segment, segment three, is a recap of firing the drill and meeting and winning the tag team championships. You know, how they met in the ring, you know, of course, as, as far as the WOW television is concerned and them de- declaring themselves going into the the, uh, the tournament, them going all the way through the tournament, winning the championships, and then it sets up the challenge of them against the Psycho Sisters. Now, I was fully prepared to say that, okay, they skipped over something because they didn't address Exile that jumped them after they won the titles in the package. However, the commentator did bring it up, so it was a good save. I thought it should have been in the – well, no, actually, it shouldn't have been in the package because the package was there to set up fire and adrenaline taking on the Psycho Sisters, the the very team that caused them to get together in the first place. So I thought that was a nice touch and the fact that, you know, the commentator brought it up to make sure that, hey, we're covering all the bases here and that we know that the champions got issues with two different groups right now. They got issues with the Psycho Sisters. They got issues with uh, Exile. So we go into segment four, which is the match. Fire and Adrenaline versus Psycho Sisters. Now, I'm not going to sit here and call the match move for move. I will say that the sisters tried to jump them at the start, but the champions were able to turn the tide. Uh... Even through this, if this is one of the complaints I had from the, back in the original review of the show. Mesmera is still a non-factor. Why is she there? Maybe as this goes on, she'll pop up and she'll do something, but she, I, I don't see what's the point in having this third person there. If she's going to be a manager, just let her be a manager. But they keep referring to her like she's some intricate part of the team, and I haven't seen that. Like the one time that she was in the ring, it was very brief, and it looked like it was super edited. So I don't, I don't get where this is going. Every time it's been the Psycho Sisters, it's been the experienced pair. It's been uh, Sarah the Rebel, and it's been Harlow, which we know is uh, Fury and Spike on here. So the sisters get the heat on fire who we know is uh kira hogan who's in nwa right now and AEW. so who knows you know considering that she's kind of a freebie she may pop back up and and uh wow i don't know uh as they're doing that the second that fire is able to get free and she makes the tag off to a partner a drilling exile comes and attacks the champions again so we got a brawl on the outside with exile against the uh the tag team champions meanwhile the psycho sisters are now attacked by siren holiday and princess ozzy so we got two new branch offs of two new feuds happening which one is supposed to be the baby faces in the psycho sisters and the uh siren holiday princess ozzy thing i don't know because by all accounts, Holiday Ed, Siren, they have portrayed themselves as heels. They have kidnapped and converted somebody, which is a heel action. And now they're attacking the Psycho Sisters, who are heels also. So I don't know where that's going. 
it that's been one of the things that you know I've I've never really quite understood of why is like it, sometimes they don't make the lanes clear. So, but anyway, we have that, and I almost didn't even remember what that you know what the deal is between the Psycho Sisters and 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 uh, Siren Holiday and Ozzy. It's been so long. It's been that's it's another case of this huge gap between programs or between episodes makes it difficult to yeah I could go back and I could look through all I mean but I have to look through the entire thing and I don't want to <laughs> so and I'm sure I'm not the only person I'm sure there's other people out there that's watched those episodes already who just like hey I would just want to watch the new stuff so you know yes you can go back and look at it it's all there for you to watch but I have very vague recollection as to what brought this brawl on to begin with or the issues between these two teams so maybe that'll clarify as I catch more. Uh, segment five, Jesse Jones and Amber O'Neill are heading to the dressing room, and as they are going in, this is a backstage vignette, uh, we see Amber sees a their dressing room sign tagged with Beverly Hillbillies. And Amber knows that Lana Starr did it, her former manager. And it bothers her. Jesse, on the other hand, is not bothered about it by all. She's like, hey, I love that show. And, you know, first off, you shouldn't be letting her get into your head with the bullet babe. And I'm surprised they even bring that up, which is also another dated reference because she doesn't go by that much anymore. Uh, but the bullet babe, would you let that bother you? You know, come on, let's just go do it. Do what we need to do. They were getting ready for a match. So Jesse walks off, but... uh Amber looks at the sign, and then she looks at her clothes, and then she looks, you know, at the sign again, and she kind of slunks off, and her body language says that she has a problem with it. I actually like this segment, you know, but because I like both of them, you know, and, and I thought they did a fine job. Uh, I think they're two of the unsung heroes of WoW in terms of their wrestling. And, and uh, one other thing I have to say is that as it is right now, when you look at the matches that they had, because uh, we've had Fire and Adrenaline versus the Psycho Sisters, we're walking into Jesse Jones and Amber O'Neill taking on Sassy Massey and Chantilla Chella. Uh, it's been all indie girls who know what they're doing. Very few wild originals in this episode. Like with this episode, they were able to hit the ground running. And this tag this is another tag team match. Um, we can see that they're, they're having a pretty good run. Uh, a lot less cuts that they do like they do with some of the uh, inexperienced girls. I, I, I still don't like the editing process where they cut on every throw and every punch and this and that. But it, you know, it's worse when they have somebody in there that they got to cover up for. They did not have to cover up for these four. They knew what they were doing. And it's just an artistic choice at this point. Uh, it's like they're trying to make it look cinematic and something that probably shouldn't be, but you know that's neither here nor there. The end result is that uh, Jesse Jones taps out Chella. This match is the first sign first visible sign of sound sweetener 
and uh, dated references. I mean, yes, they've had some dated stuff throughout the show, but, you know, her coming out there doing her, I'm going to make wrestling great again and, you know, stuff. Uh, you know, that that was more relevant when the show was airing because of, you know, the political landscape at the time. But now that's changed, and, you know, it was like, the, the make wrestling great again. Yeah, I guess she, she could use it. You know, there's nothing wrong with that, but it does date the program a little bit. It, you know, it's just, it, it, it's, it'd be like somebody coming on TV doing Where's the Beef, you know? <laughs> That's from a dated thing from the 80s. Like if you, if you would do, or doing some kickoff version of it, it might be entertaining, but it's never going to be as, relevant as it was when they were doing it at the time and everybody knew it. This is now a dated term. And hopefully when they come back, I mean, because they can't do anything about it now, they will uh, move on from that. Uh, segment seven, we got the Linus with Lana Starr as a manager coming out to take on Raina Reyes. This is set up as a competitive wrestling match. I would almost say very Ring of Honor like, where it was it, they didn't start off with like, "Hey, this is a handshake of honor" and stuff. I mean, one of the commentators did say something like that, the code of you know, handshake of honor. So we knew what the reference was, but uh, the match was a move and counter move match from the start. Illustrating the fact that these two women are skilled and somewhat evenly matched. Very entertaining. More so entertaining the fact that Faith the Lioness was pretty much just getting started in wrestling at this point. She might have been a year or two in, but she didn't have the wrestling pedigree that the previous talents that have been on this show have had. So the fact that she was, you know, able to do and keep up with was impressive. And I said in those previous reviews, she's a good enough girl to where that if she works with people that are better than her, she will get better. That now has proven to be true because she signed with WWE. She she has gone on. So I don't expect that we're going to see Faith the Lioness in any future episodes of WoW, regardless of what open doors WoW may have, unless she gets released or something like that. But as it is right now, uh, she is on WWE television, and I do not expect her to reappear anytime soon. Uh, Reyes at one point in the match looked like she might have missed a move taking her off the top rope I believe but she was so smooth and how she did it it didn't even make a difference that's what you know I would say professional wrestling but that's what you know experienced wrestlers are able to do she was able to take something that was, you know, might have been a screw up. You you watch it and judge for yourself. But, you know, she took something that might have been a screw up and she was able to just convert that and just keep on going. No problems. Uh, Reyes wins with a super kick. When the lioness refuses to take 
uh, Lana's mirror. Lana got up on the apron and she wanted her to smack her in the head with a mirror like Lana Starr does. But uh, she did not want to do that. She refused to cheat. And that, at that point, I guess, cost her the match. She took a super kick in the mouth and then, bam, that was it. Now, afterwards, we got Lana who decided to come in and smack her, her being Reyes, in the head anyway because she was upset with her protege not listening to her. You know, do what I tell you to do, you know, that type of thing. So she goes in, she takes takes the mirror, smacks in the head, Reyes in the head anyway, and, dra- you know, pretty much takes – the lioness by the hand and drags her out of the ring. Come with me, you know, and you can see the disappointment on uh, uh, the lioness's face. And, you know, that sets up the story that there may be dissension in the ranks, that she she may not have uh, the control over Faith the lioness as she did. And, you know, I think they just, <laughs> they just changed her to just being uh, – uh, uh, the lioness rather than faith the lioness they 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 kind of pulled pulled that down uh so that that was another story that was kicking into play with that uh what was it, segment eight this sets uh, oh wait 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 let me let me rewind that because i did there was one question that i that i had when I looked at this match. It's not so much that Faith did not want to cheat. But if she didn't want to cheat and she's with Lana, why is she with Lana in the first place? I, that was the one part of it that, that got me because I I don't think that ever was answered. It wasn't answered in the previous season. It hasn't been answered now. Faith comes across like she is a baby face. And she doesn't want to do anything that's going to, you know, go against the grain of the rules. Lana has been in that company, and she has never been babyface. She's been a clear heel. And, yes, the, the commentators try to make it sound like, well, it's been the lights, the sights, the sounds of Hollywood, and she kind of lured her in and stuff like that. I'm like, okay, but this is a grown woman. She didn't have the the, the ability to tell her, no, I don't want to do that. You know, what? What is it that Lana Star has that is making her obey the, her order? That's what I want to know. The match itself is fine. The angle that they're portraying is fine. But where is this going and why is this happening? Why is the lioness enthralled with Lana? What does Lana have that is making her like, oh yeah, well I have, you know, I know I don't want to do this, but I have to anyway. Why? What reason? What 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 does she have to gain off of this? So you know that that's something I think they should answer. Segment eight is the setup for the three way main event. One thing you can say about WoW is that their vignettes to set up the next thing look great, very cinematic. And so we go to segment nine, the main event. Lopez is announced to be the special guest commentator because she has interest in the in the match with Tessa Blanche and Serpentine, respectively. The commentators acknowledge that. She sits down at the commentating table as Serpentine, Tessa Blanche, and Jungle Girl come out to the to the ring. This match 
was high impact. If there's a match to watch through this entire episode, this is the one that you should look at. Uh, it only reminds me how good Jungle Girl is. I try to, to set whatever uh, issues that Tessa Blanchard may have to the side so I can just enjoy her for the match and not her potential bullying slash racial slurs. Um, so I watched this, and like I said, it was it was pretty well high impact. Uh, Jungle Girl is 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 still, as of that footage, keeping a, a, a high pace with you know her younger contemporaries. Uh, but it came down to this: uh, Jungle Girl put Serpentine down and was preparing for the Jungle Girl splash. Sofia Lopez gets up from the commentating table just a little bit before this and gets Tessa Blanche's attention, gives her her briefcase so that she could intervene. While the referee is distracted, Blanchard smacks Jungle Girl across the back with the briefcase, but she is unable to get in for the cover for some reason, and Serpentine is able to roll over and do it. I know what they were, were trying to go with was after the smack went down, uh, Sofia Lopez, because this happened, you, you see it a little bit off camera. Uh, Lopez kind of prevents Tessa from getting in, like holding, like holding, holding her up, like holding her by the wrist, like no, 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 don't get in, you know, stuff like that. While Tessa saying, "Let me go, let me, you know, so I can get in the ring." So it's clear that yeah, that was set up, and she was, you know, doing it so Serpentine can get the number one contender spot, but. I didn't see where Tessa would have not been able to throw that thing down and just shoot into the ring if she really wanted to move fast. But apparently she didn't do it. And the story there is that Sofia Lopez kind of set her up for failure. She set her up. She got Tessa to do what she wanted her to do. Positioned Jungle Girl into a bad spot with, which allowed Serpentine to score the win. And now Serpentine is now the number one contender, and she will be in the ring with the Beast as the next challenger, which I don't expect her to win. I didn't watch the match, but I don't expect her to win it. What I do expect is that the Beast, and I'm saying this having not watched any of it, I'm expecting that the Beast is going to be lined up with all pros going forward as the champion. Anybody that can step into that ring with her that's going to make her look good. That's who she's going to get put in there. And Thunder Rosa is probably as good as anybody else. She definitely has the ability to walk her through that match and get her to look as dominant and as good as she could possibly be. But that was the entire match. That, I mean, the entire show. That was episode 21. The first unreleased episode. And we got probably about nine more to go. So I'm going to keep going down the line. I'm going to watch these shows and see what it is, see what's up to date, see what's not, see who I think comes back, see who won't. And uh, then, you know, by that time, maybe we'll be ready for a while to come around in September and, and see what kind of leaps and bounds they will make because I'm sure they're going to have to make another jump in order to accommodate what their uh, current situation happens to be. If you are listening to this on uh youtube thank you very much down below is a link for our teespring store if you want to support the show please click the link and check it out if you are 
checking this any other place, you can go to WPNWrestling.com and uh, check out our stores uh, or our PayPal if you just want to support that way. It is doing those things that helps allow us to to, uh, get the matches in that we've gotten. Of course, COVID and the lack of uh, some of our working partners have uh, hurt that quite a bit. I mean, man, it's, it's hurt hurt a lot of people, and the least of which, you know, some of our wrestling buddies. So, uh, shouts out to them for you know trying to stick it out and, and hang in there even against the odds. I hope they're able to come back soon. Uh, but when and where that happens, if you want to support that and you want to get some more matches in uh, the WPN uh, Pantheon or our archives, please uh, go and. Purchase a shirt, drop us a line, uh, share the video, share the audio. All the support that you provide with our programs helps. It always has, always will. And I definitely appreciate that. Remember again, WPNWrestling.com. You can find us on, uh, well, all the links are right down the website. And I know a couple of y'all have been going in and calling it the, uh, uh, the ads that have been running through the show. So thank you for that. That that is also another way that that you can support because those uh, those spots that those advertisers stick onto our stream on the website, when they hear from you and they they ask where you got it from, you know, and you tell them the Windows Processing Network site, uh, it definitely turns around and kicks back to us. They do turn around and uh, offer up a, a a little percentage of what they've. Uh, of what they've gotten in terms of calls or inquiries. So to the I don't know who you are because they don't disclose the names. So, but for those of you that have done it, thank you very much. We really appreciate that. It helps out quite a bit. Uh, and with that, man, uh, I want to say thanks for listening to this episode. And go and check it out. Go and check out the WOW episode. Let me know what you think in the comments below wherever you happen to be. Uh, I would love to hear what you thought about the show. Uh, did you think that the matches were good? I thought they were were pretty good myself. But I also, like I said, every match that I saw, uh, they pretty much had working girls in there. They weren't just the wild superheroes. They were girls that knew what they were doing. And I think that uh, that accounts for a lot, which probably also explains why the next batch of girls they hired, they hired straight off the independence and not try to train anybody from scratch but that's another story for another day so with that folks i will say that this is mr green saying that this is mr green saying so long and we will see you on the next go round thank you for listening to the wpn's rights and wrongs of pro wrestling if you have questions or comments please contact us via our facebook or our youtube channel at the women's pro wrestling network If you're new to the WPN, feel free to subscribe to our channel and like our page. We appreciate your support. Thank you again for listening.